Welcome to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show. Here are your hosts, Cody Tucker and Jared Newland. Welcome to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the Brown and Gold. It's also sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Bar and Grill. Jared Newland in studio as always. We also have a special guest today, uh, Wyoming's new public address announcer, Josh Hunter. Uh, joining us, uh, a Warland guy. You fool everybody with the green license plates, but you're uh, you're a Warland green. guy. My plates are black. <laughs> Is that on purpose? Yes. They're not CU colors, though. They are not CU okay. colors. They, they, are, they are. My license plate is. There you go. That that'll save you some birds, maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, first for you, Josh. I got to ask. Uh, you know, this is your first year. You've been two games in at War Memorial Stadium. You're replacing Jack Noakes, who was here for 41 years, I believe. Um, what has stood out to you? What has maybe surprised you? You haven't been to a game in War Memorial Stadium in a lot of years, so yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. So what has kind of stuck out to you so far? Uh, you know, the level of play. I think. Um, Wyoming way back in the day is a lot like a lot of other Mountain West teams where you would see, you know, just quality play for years and years, and then they kind of die off a little bit, and then they come back. And so seeing them do uh, do what they've been doing this year, and, uh, I mean, just being in, being in-house for Texas Tech was an absolute amazing experience. Not a bad start. No, no, it was fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, for the most part, it's just been the entire atmosphere. Um, day one, my spotter and I go down and – we we walk the tailgate and just try to take in everything that we can and and had a good time doing it and saying hello to some people and um n- not necessarily as like hey this is who I am but just yeah. just being friendly with people and chatting and stuff and so that was a lot of fun and just the atmosphere in and of itself and a lot of the professionalism that you get up in the booth is uh, is fantastic he's talking about me yes yeah, <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, I think the 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 game day staff, for the most part, is uh, is they they are a top notch people, and that's why they are where they are. And I think that uh, I think it's only going to get better from this point forward. I don't mean that from a public address standpoint. I just mean the overall um, show that that fans see every day uh, or at game days, anyways. Is uh, I just think it's it can only get better at this point. So. Well, I think for majority of the fans they don't understand what goes on behind the scenes and i've been there before cody's up in the press box you're there i mean it's it's frantic at times i mean you get there's sometimes a video board got a glitch doesn't work maybe maybe the sound goes off who knows what it is maybe there's a lightning storm that delays you for an hour and a half (laughs) but but there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't get credit for that should get credit yeah, and I, I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into everything that uh, fans see on the field. There's a ton of work, whether it be, uh, you know, the band's going to do something, and so they've got a program that's established. They have to work all week on that to get ready for it. They do everything pregame, the cheer team, whatever they're going to be doing. Um, not, not to mention if you have some type of pregame thing set up, a uh, flyover, some along those lines. I mean, there's there's quite a bit of work that has to go into uh, getting everything set up and ready to go. And timing, timing, timing. It's always about timing. No. So. 
Well, I'm going to snitch on you a little bit here, Josh. I know you and I have talked a lot since we did the story when you first got the job. And, folks, this guy cares. I'm not just saying that because you're here. You've actually reached out a lot to ask about certain things. And and uh, you told me you were going to walk through Tailgate Park and stuff just to meet everybody. And uh, you're really trying to get the feel for it because, you know, you are a Warland guy, but you've you've been gone for a long time. And, and, you know, you told me you went to some games when you were a kid, and now you're – you know, just trying to get it back and see what cowboy football is today. And I think, and not just because you're here once again, you, I think you've done a fantastic job. I, we've heard, and, and nothing against Jack Noakes, but that's been the voice we've heard my entire life of going to every game for 28 straight years. It's nice to hear a different voice. It really is. And, and that is not a slight on Jack Noakes at all. Well, it, it, it is, I mean, not trying to sound cliche-ish, but it is, an honor to be there yep. when you have somebody who's been in that seat for as long as he has. He did things correct. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was right in what he did. And it worked for a long time. And, uh, you know, I was sad that, uh, you know, his retirement was more geared towards health reasons than, sure. than a choice. But um, it is nice to be uh, to have been selected to to take over for him. And I my hope is, is that I'm able to uh, stick around. Uh, I, I probably won't be here for 41 years like it was. Um, I'm a little too old to, to look that far in the future. But uh, the hope is is that uh, here for a good long while and uh, at the very least set up uh, that experience for fans when they come in that it, they know what they're getting when they get there and they're excited for them. Well, well you're not missing anything in Boulder anyway, so welcome to Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> glad you're here. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, speaking of impressive things, Jared, the Wyoming Cowboys for three quarters just battled and battled the number four Texas Longhorns last week inside of DK Royal Stadium. Uh, couldn't have got off to a better start, obviously, with a 62-yard touchdown run from Harrison Whaley, who was making his debut. But the defense and the, the extended drives and the way the offensive line, those games are won and lost in the trenches so badly sometimes against those big schools. Cowboys belonged in this one. Absolutely, and they controlled the game. They did. I mean, when you look at the time of possession, especially through the three quarters, it was like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, type and, of and deal. we were thinking in the press box, this is how Wyoming's going to pull off this win. Yep, and it re- re- kind of re- how it got off the start with the long run by Whaley, it reminded you of a Michigan State game where Wyoming had a long run. Yeah. An Oregon game where Wyoming had a long run. It was like, all right, but – they need to do more. And yep. They did do more. Yep. They they did what they had to do, and it was toe-to-toe for three quarters, and it really came down to three total plays. It did. The miss by Savota, um, you know, in the pick end six. zone. Or the, well, yeah. Yeah, and then the pick six. Yeah. And then the uh, – the, really, it was kind of a screen pass that got out, you know, that Tyreek, one more inch, he and the sideline was the second defender in that play – and he just didn't get his arms extended enough to get him out of bounds. And he tippy-toed down the sideline and give give him credit for, for making the play because yeah. once he got off to the races, there was nobody who was going to catch him. Stupid fast. So to set the scene a little bit, you're going into this game. You find out Andrew Peasley's not under center. You think, oh, crap. They're already a 30-point dog in this game. You know, you walk on the field before that game, and it's just – that stadium is special. It's a really special place. It's huge. Now they even enclose the end zone, so that place is absolutely enclosed, which makes it even louder. It was really hot and muggy early in the day, and you're thinking, man, hope that wears off. And then you find out Colby Taylor's been suspended, arguably their best cover corner, and you're like, oh, man. We already knew a lot of things were going to have to go right, but 
Evan Svoboda, who hasn't even thrown a pass yet, stepped up. And what I loved about everything about this was Tim Polisek called three pass plays on the first four snaps of the game. Loved it. Got him involved. Got and him maybe involved that's, early. Maybe that was definitely his way of calming the nerves. Yeah. Saying, hey, they have confidence in me and I can do this. Yep. So, so let's keep it rolling. Yeah. And he did for pretty much the majority of the game. I mean, yeah, he, he missed a guy in an end zone. Happens all the time. Ewers missed a lot of guys. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> he's supposed he's in the Heisman race. Yeah. And um and then he the, you know, the pick six, uh, which when you look at that play again, the inside slot guy was probably the guy he should have went to. Maybe he just missed that read, or maybe his progression went so fast he just slung it out there. Yeah. So how about the job though, back to the the trenches, the unsung heroes up front? I mean, this Texas team came in with seven sacks, fourteen tackles for loss. They're giving no rushing yard. They're, they haven't given up even close to a 100-yard rusher this entire season. Cowboys give up one sack. It came at a terribly unopportune time down in the red zone, and it was the tight end's fault after further review. It was not the offensive line at all, which is an unproven offensive line in a lot of ways outside of Frank Crum and, and Fia Tulafono. Um, I thought they did really, really good. And Texas – Craig Bull brought this up. Texas's nose tackle – is 363 pounds. Wyatt Whelan joked that he ran into that guy during the game, and he said, I couldn't even see the top of his helmet. He was the biggest human being I've ever seen. Craig Ball watched it on film. They were pushing him off the ball on every snap. Yeah, and you look at the um, the tight end situation when you said missing a block there. Savota didn't even get hit. No. on Clean pocket uh, all yeah, I mean, Yeah, I mean, you see sometimes Peasley has taken so many shots in the in the year and a half that you know he's played maybe less than a year and a half because he's been out some games but he takes a lot of shots a lot of punishment Savota really didn't take any shots um you know after the play releasing the ball getting out of the pocket taking a shot mm-hmm. it was like you said it was a clean pocket and I could probably say the same for yours as well he didn't take a lot of shots um you know to to really rattle him by any means he was just rattled from the get go that he just was off he was rattled and you know what a lot of that had to do with uh, Jay Savelle's defense and another uh, another great scheme heading into this one dropping eight rushing three that's a lot of the reasons Ewers was clean all night but it was also a lot of reasons he did not look good at all through three quarters Quinn Ewers who vaulted in the Heisman race after that game at Alabama which he was good he was really good in that game he was not good in this one they had 87 yards passing through three quarters and he was off all night long the defenders were all over these wide these are world-class speed wide receivers they did not they muddied that thing up so badly that it just that was the only way they were going to win this game and they almost ran it to perfection yeah dropping eight like you said it definitely got in the mind and the head of yours because he was probably looking at things that he hadn't seen you know, in Sarkeesian his, said as much after the game. In his 14, 15 games that he's played, he's he's looking at stuff and he sees all these white uniforms out there that really aren't supposed to be there. They weren't there on film. No, they weren't. Uh, and Jay Savell, he he joked that, you know, we only ran that 20 times against Texas with a three-man front. Yeah, well, Jay, you guys held them to 52 offensive plays. That's incredible. Texas Tech was on pace for something like that. They finished with like 82 but a lot of that was at the end when they're scampering trying to get back in that thing and trying to tie that game up. So I asked Jay Savell just a simple question. What were you most proud of during this game in Austin? Here's his response. I think not just beyond that from what most people had told us, we'd be one and two with a couple beatings. 
you know, sure. um, and that's not been the case, right? Like, I think what happens is, is that the thing I'm most proud of is that when it's Saturday and the ball's on the tee, like these guys are ready to go play. We maybe ran a little bit of an unorthodox game plan against Texas on Saturday. Felt like it was our best chance to win. Players bought into it, did it. We ran a kind of a brand new version of ourselves against Texas Tech. Players bought into it did it and yeah some of those things so like the players of basically they they are we have such a closeness they will do exactly kind of like what is required for each of their positions i love too that i was talking to jay about how hard this must have been to come to craig bull who is such an old school coach and say hey i'm thinking about dropping eight i think that'll give us our best opportunity to beat texas tech and he laughed, he joked about it and said, eh, at first he was kind of like, man, I don't know. Because I, 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 picturing Craig, I could see him thinking that quarterback's going to have all day to sit in the pocket and he's going to be able to pick people apart. Hasn't happened. Three years ago, Bull would never have done that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I no. mean, we've talked about the last two years. It's a changed Craig Bull yeah. with everything. Yeah. And th- that's part of it. And then hopefully part of it too is letting Polisek call his game plan and get more people involved in it instead of just pounding the ball yeah. 80% of the time. And you you are seeing that. It's more of a balanced attack from Wyoming. I had a fan write me and say, sure wish we'd get these tight ends involved. Uh, the tight ends have 15 catches through three games. They were targeted eight times in Austin the other night. Uh, I don't know if you watched the Tech game or not, but John Michael Gillenborg with the biggest touchdown reception in recent memory uh, to in double overtime. He is a tight end and there was a touchdown call back yeah against texas <laughs> it's incredible it's incredible uh evan Swoboda ends his debut 17 to 28 136 yards uh no touchdowns did throw the pick six um managed the game really well uh they had a 17 play drive in the third quarter uh that to me jared you know i write that turning point feature every week and to me that's where i wanted it so badly for that to be the turning point because texas is going right down the field Right out of halftime, on third and long, Sebastian Harsh just fires in and sacks Ewers, knocks them all the way out of field goal range. They have to punt. Then the Cowboys turn that around and take it 17 plays, and if they could have punched that in. There will not be another team that does a 17-play drive against Texas. And if there is, I'll take a pie to the face from you. (laughs) No doubt. It was it was impressive, and it was like, man, if they could have punched that in, we could be talking about a whole new ball game here. And and for the defense to stiffen up like that, and Sebastian Harsh, man, he just shot out of a cannon on that. It was absolutely beautiful, perfect timing. Uh, Cowboys belonged, and I think that's what if we're going to talk about. What we're most proud of, they absolutely look like they belong because in the beginning, I just thought, oh my god, I said, I I remember saying before the game. At least they're going to run the ball 60 times today, so this game's going to go quick. They're going to run, run, run. They're not. Sabota's never going to throw the ball. Uh, maybe a few third downs. I mean, this is going to be a run-heavy game. And then what do you know out of the shoot? Three out of four, they belong the entire time. It was it was great. And that was definitely in the back of my mind that they were going to shorten the game by running. Yes. And, and then you start seeing, oh, man, it was an incomplete pass. That means the clock stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they would get a first down the next play. It was like, oh, okay. They yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. Man, yeah, Svoboda was just, he, he was pretty impressive, you know, standing tall in the pocket, and he's just, boy, he looks good in pads, doesn't he? Man, have you seen, have you got to see him up close? Yeah, he is a big individual. I mean, he's kind of like that quintessential today's version of, you know, like your your 
almost your Tebow S type uh -huh. guys, so just big individuals. You're like, you should be playing D end or <laughs> he's like a mix between Josh Allen and Tebow. Yeah. That's a great great way he to is, put it, Tebow. Very yeah. big. Because you look at Josh Allen, he doesn't have guns. Not you know, like that. <laughs> Evan's got some guns. Yes, he does. Pipes, whatever you want to call. Yeah, he looks really good in uniform. That's for sure. Uh, so Evan, really nice start for him. We don't know as of now if he's going to start this game against Appalachian State. Um, talk, Coach Bull says it's day to day. Talked to Andrew Peasley for about twenty minutes this week. He also said it's day to day. I want to get to this uh, co comment from Andrew Peasley though. While we're talking about Evan Swoboda, like you said, don't know if he's going to play today. But it was interesting because I don't know about you, Jared, but I. I thought about, uh, we knew about the Peasley news. Uh, didn't have enough sources to confirm it, but we knew about this, what, Thursday <laughs> of last week that he wasn't going to play. Tried to confirm it. The university uh, said, we are very much looking, coaches looking forward to watching Andrew play this weekend. We knew that was not true. We knew that they were, you know, obviously not letting Texas know who the quarterback was going to be. Evan Sobota said he found out on Monday that he was the guy last week. Um, that hurt, and I thought about that for Andrew. He's got off to such a great start this year, and to not be able to play in that venue when he's he's hot right now, he really is. For, uh, for him, he's been he's played really well. And Coach Bowles said he thought that was his best game ever that he had against Portland State the week prior. He did have the interception, which was not his fault. Um, that hurt. And we watched him in warm-ups, and we watched him sit on the bench and kind of look around. We watched him have a conversation with with Tim Polisek and Craig Bull before the game. And I said, uh, Andrew, was that you kind of telling Bull, hey, I can do this, I can play? And he goes, no, no, no. It was, man, isn't the stadium great? <laughs> this isn't it hot. <laughs> he knew he wasn't playing in this game, but it hurt nonetheless. This was a really candid answer from Wyoming's quarterback about not only what it, how bad it hurt not to play and appear in this game in Texas in front of 100,000-plus, but his thoughts on Evan Svoboda. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it's hard when I put so much into this sport and, you know, what I love to do and, um, to not be able to play, but at the same time, you know, I was super excited for Evan just to get the, you know, we were roommates in the hotel. We, I woke up and he woke up and I was like, you really get an opportunity that a lot of kids just dream about. And that's to play in that, you know, that stage, that arena and, and just to be able to go out and, you know, show what people you know, you're capable of. And I thought Evan did really well. I was really happy for him. I was trying to coach him the best I could. And. You know, I was worried about his nerves a little bit. Obviously, he's, you know, he's never thrown a ball in a game. So, you know, just kind of just picking him up through that and making sure he was good to go. And I think he performed very well. Obviously, a few little mistakes here and there, but, you know, he's accurate with the ball. And, you know, he made good decisions, and I was, I was just really happy for him. I love the little interesting tidbit that he throws in that he stayed with Evan Sabota on the road and that they woke up together and he looked at Evan and just said, you have no idea what you have in front of you today. In a good way, you you have an opportunity to show the world today what you can do, and kids dream about this. Peasley obviously dreamed about it. It hurt for him to sit and watch this thing. Go out and have fun. Yeah, and that's what he said he did, and, and Evan really credited his teammates, especially Peasley. Peasley said, I even felt like his little backup because he'd come over after he got sacked, and I was wiping the pebbles off his arm and the <laughs> turf off his arm, And but he really played coach on the sideline and really said, you okay, you know, this is what you need to see, this is what you need to do, you know, stay calm, and I guess... Uh, Bull said he did not see deer in the headlights whatsoever, and I think Evan played that way. And for 45 minutes, he silented... Yeah. Uh, or silenced. Silenced. Yeah. 98,000 people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so did another guy named Harrison Whaley. Um, what a start for him. His debut. 
uh, 62-yard run right off the bat, shut that place up in a in a quick hurry. And uh, man, he just looks different, doesn't he? He just he's so quick to the hole, and he's he was a few arm tackles away from having a few big ones. And we've seen two Wyoming players pull away from that five-star speed. Yeah. Because Robert, Robert Huron did it back mm-hmm. when they played their last time on a, like a 96-yard screen pass. Yep. And he made that, Xavier Worthy look slow on that one. That's not supposed to happen, <laughs> folks. <laughs> These guys are big-time NFL yep. caliber DBs. And um, Whaley, and that guy had an angle at Whaley, too, and Whaley still pulled away from him. He sure did. So I think his knee's good. I think so. He said after the game, uh, you know, he said he felt fast, but he also said he was a little out of shape and was like... Could have fooled us, could have fooled Texas' secondary, um, but there were a few plays, man. He breaks one arm tackle, he's into the secondary again, and who knows. Um, so I have a feeling we're going to see a little more out of him. And you know that um, Texas knew they were in for a dogfight when they have to pull out a trick play and throw a pass <laughs> to the defensive end yeah. in the end zone. I mean, yeah. is it a trick play? I'm sure they practice it every single day, but still. Yeah. When you when you line up somebody like that and throw them in the end zone, yeah. Um, they know they're in a dogfight, and they have to come out with something like that to get the crowd into it. Well, and they do have an All-American tight end who was targeted. He was targeted one time, and uh, Wyatt Eckler should have picked that ball off in the end zone. That was on Texas's first drive of the game. They did a phenomenal job on him. They did a phenomenal job on all of them, man. Uh, Jonathan Brooks finished with 164 yards. You see that rushing. You see that on its face. It looks bad. 7.8 yards per carry. 61 of those came on one rush. Uh, Cowboys did a great job shutting him down. Um, wide receiver wise, Xavier Worthy four catches, fifty six yards, forty four of those on one play. Uh, he is a he's an all American receiver. Craig Bull said he's the fastest guy he's ever seen. <laughs> Andy well, Mitchell two touchdown catches against Alabama, three catches, thirty eight yards against Wyoming. And the question is now: Can Wyoming keep up their confidence level and um, going into Game Four? Because you saw the little bit of a downer against Portland State, even though they played really well for three quarters for the most part. Then they're back up against Texas, and now they have an Appalachian State team coming to town, which they know that Appalachian State is a very good team. Yeah. Do the fans real, really realize it, though? Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about App State on the other side of the break. Uh, one thing that is not in question, Wyoming now has a number one running back. Uh, Craig Bull made that crystal clear. Uh, Jamari Farrell got the start in week one, uh, Sam Scott in week two, week three, Harrison Whaley, uh, week four, Harrison Whaley. Here's Craig Bull on uh, the junior running back transfer from Northern Illinois. Um, some of it's going to be running back by committee, but I, but I can tell you that off of this last game that Harrison separated himself. It's not like there's going to be a whole lot of other oars. Harrison will be our, our our lead guy, but you'll see these other guys sprinkled in with what kind of skill set they bring. Would like to see more of Sam Scott. Would like to maybe see Scott. He didn't get any carries against Texas. He was in on a few plays that were pass plays. Would like to see him maybe be the sledgehammer behind the speed of, uh, of Whaley. Would like to see DQ maybe out on the perimeter a little more, maybe in the past, get involved in the passing game a little bit. I really don't know what to make of Jamari Farrell yet. I uh, haven't really seen a lot out of him, but we've seen enough, I think, out of Harrison Whaley. We also saw him in 2021 dust Wyoming's defense uh, in DeKalb, so uh, pretty good running back. And it's also nice when you have a, a true number one guy that's probably going to get into the flow of the game more 
Yeah. And he can get more the you know the brunt of the carries and then that just gets him that much more confidence as well. Absolutely. On the other side of the break, we'll break down the uh, Wyoming Cowboys opponent tonight, the Appalachian State Mountaineers. See you on the other end. Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented in part by Wyo Lotto. When the pokes win, you win too. Learn more at wyolotto.com. Is they play with a chip on their shoulder. They're a really physical team. They play with great discipline. Uh, they have more scholarships now. And, uh, you know, they have a winning attitude. And they're not afraid to go on the road. I know they went to Texas A&M last year and won. Uh, they're one of the more noted teams around the country. And so a great opportunity, a great challenge for us to play. Uh, What has also changed, they've been able to go out and nationally recruit a little bit. Their quarterback, Aguilar, is from uh, the Bay Area. Uh, Typically, they've gotten most of their guys from the the surrounding areas outside of Boone uh, in North Carolina and up and down the coast. But Aguilar really is an excellent quarterback. Um, You know, they've got a balanced attack. I think they're getting about 450 yards a game, which is impressive. So that's always tough when you have somebody that can run the ball and, and throw the ball. Noel's a, a really good running back, and Haywood. And then uh, offensively, as far as in the throwing game, they do operate with uh, one tight end and two tight ends sometimes. That poses challenges. Horn's a great wide receiver. Uh, they're explosive on defense. So, um, you know, I know this. Mac Brown is a dear friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, experienced football coach. He never wants to play him again. Um, and I think that gives you an idea what kind of program they are. Uh, they took uh, Carolina deep into double overtime and lost their game. Uh, and then, <clears throat> you know, has been bounced back and an impressive opponent. Well, Appalachian State certainly has Craig Bull's attention, Jared Newland. Uh, solid team, good team, 2-1 and one coming into this thing. Craig Bull joked that uh, his old buddy, good buddy Mac Brown, head coach at North Carolina, who has had their hands more than full with the Mountaineers the last two years, will never schedule App State again. <laughs> and who could blame them? I believe it was 63-61 last year in Boone. Uh, college game day was there the whole nine. This year it takes two overtimes for the Tar Heels, number 17 Tar Heels, to pull off a 40-34 victory. Uh, I don't think any of us are shocked. App State's always had a nice program. Uh, basically, since they upset Michigan in 2007, uh, they've been on the map ever since. And I think you know what to expect from them. They're just a tough, hard-nosed team. And, and uh, you had a good point earlier, and I'll let you say your good point. They're they're pretty familiar. I think they are a mirror of the Wyoming program. I mean, especially when you run down the stats of what's going on this year. They're very close to whatever, very balanced attack. But I also think that they're probably more of a developmental program like a Wyoming is. Yeah. Um, they're not getting a lot of transfers in. They're really developing their players. And and um, and they know how to win on the road. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen it uh, at Michigan a long time ago. I know those players, and they're, they're adults now. They have kids. Uh, but uh, last year at Texas A&M, yeah. shocked the world. And you wonder, I watched last night, Texas A&M has a show called The Pulse on ESPN. And I watched that from last year against App State to see if he could gain anything from it. A totally different cast of guys on this App State team. They only finished 6-6 six and six last year. My big question, and the same can be posed to Texas Tech this year, was Texas A&M garbage or did App State State beating them, send them down a road that they didn't want to go. I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest with you, um, because Texas A&M was the team to look out for last year in a lot of people's minds with the transfer portal, with the amount of money that Jimbo Fisher's getting and stuff like that. Yeah. And it happened to him again this year. They're already, they already got an L. 
I bet they wish Jimbo Fisher would make a inappropriate phone call in his office <laughs> to get out of that contract. Uh, you mean like a Mel Tucker type call? <laughs> yes, exactly. Or okay, okay, that's where you're going. Yeah, just couldn't go um, all the way with that like I would with uh, you know if we didn't have microphones in front of our face. Could you imagine Deion Sanders in College Station? No. With that amount of money? Oh, man. Yeah, he'd be pretty good. I know Michigan State's already talking about what's it going to take to steal our second straight Colorado coach. I don't know if they want to go there, though. But I don't know if they could go. I don't know if he'd even go there. Yeah, I doubt it. He's Next step for him, I, we're getting way off the rails here, but it's going to be warm weather. Well, and money's no object. So that's where you can't sway a guy like that. Uh, Josh Hunter, uh, we're joined in studio by Josh Hunter, the uh, new public address announcer at the University of Wyoming. He was trying to teach us how to say Appalachian State, and I don't even know if I'm saying it right still. So we'll just no, go. You with, sound good. We'll just go with yeah. App, Appy well, State, and that's what they go by anyway. So <laughs> you're, you're good there. You're gonna drop App State over the over the loud mic this weekend. I, I don't know. Uh, so you I, don't want I, a bunch I, of hillbillies all pissed off at you. Well, it, it, what's actually kind of funny is I and I didn't realize this early on, but uh, I, as you and I discussed some time ago, I, I did TCU versus CU. Yeah. When they opened the season uh, last year. And I made the the whopping mistake of referring to TCU as Texas Christian, <laughs> Mike, one time. And you want to talk about your the SID or the sports information director for TCU blew up my phone. You don't like being called by your name? Apparently not. We are TCU. We are not Texas Christian. And I responded back with, "What does TCU stand for again?" Then <laughs> question mark question mark question mark. <laughs> Please do Brigham Young next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do it every single time. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm not trying to get on anybody's bad side, obviously. But I remember when TCU and SMU were in the whack. I was in media relations at the time. Mm -hmm. They sent out notices that they don't want to be known by Southern Methodist or Texas Christian. It's the acronyms. That's what they they want to be known by. Trying to hide the uh, religious part? I don't know if they want to do that, but I think it's more about branding. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to say right off the bat, there's no branding (laughs) for TCU inside of Folsom. But I I still don't get understand why... The University of Colorado is known as CU. The University of Kansas is known as KU. And OU. And uh, Texas, or I mean Tulsa. Yeah. Same thing. I don't. TU. Yeah. Well, I, I guess know. it sounds better coming off the tongue. I don't know. I know all my Aggie buddies call Texas TU like it's the biggest slight of all time. T-sippers <laughs> and all kinds of other crap. I don't even know what any of it means. Uh Greg Bowl very impressed with this App State team, um, and it's easy to see why they're uh, just solid up and down the up and down the board here. They they run a balanced offense. Um, that's what I've been most impressed with—a very balanced offense. And it's not like they've North Carolina's a good team, folks. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like they've played world beaters. Gardner Webb struggled with them a little bit in the in the opener. Uh, struggled a little bit with East Carolina last week in front of a record forty thousand plus in Boone. Uh, so it's not like this team's absolutely jumping on jumping on teams that should a la Portland State, um, but solid. So 40.7 points per game, 451 yards, 196 of those on the ground, uh, thanks to a guy named Nate Noel, who we'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, where their Achilles heel is, if you will, it appears when you look at the stats, which I know you haven't pulled up here, Jared, is defensively. They're giving up way too many rushing yards. Yeah, they're giving up 182 yards a game, and that just plays into Wyoming's hands, whether it be Whaley or or – all five running backs, for that matter, and a quarterback, More maybe. Or Peasley, if he's in. Yeah, um, that, that, that's good news for the Pokes. Um, and they, they do give up 200 yards uh, passing a game, too, so that's a total of 382 
yards they're allowing. Um, Almost 31 a game. They are putting up 456, which, you know, uh, poses uh, problems for the Wyoming defense, but we all know that Wyoming's defense is up for up for the task because they've done it against uh, two two Big 12 opponents already. Yeah. The interesting thing to hear from Jay Savell uh, going back to Texas and Texas Tech was we were going to weaken ourselves by having a three-man front. We were going to give up some running yards, which is not something this team does, which is something that Craig Bull certainly does not do. Last time a team went nuts on the Cowboys running was New Mexico in 2016, and uh, the defense coordinator was shown the gate <laughs> shortly after. That was the most unbelievable game I've ever seen, and I know Craig Bull would say the same. Um, so they are uh, they have weakened themselves, though, in those games. When it comes to this one, uh, you're going to see a traditional four-down linebackers in the box. They are really going to do whatever it takes to shut down Nate Noel. And Joey Aguilar, he's been a really good quarterback so far for the Mountaineers, but he was not their selection out of fall camp. Uh, he is number two. Their their original starter, Ryan Berger, was uh, suffered a finger injury out three to four weeks. But if Aguilar keeps playing the way he is, he's going to be out for a lot more than three to four weeks. Definitely. When you look at Aguilar's stats, I mean, 690 uh, yards, uh, nine touchdowns, and only two picks. Yeah. Um, Wyoming's really going to have to put some pressure on him, make him feel uncomfortable. We sit, we use that term a lot, but that's that's what defenses need to do to good quarterbacks. Yeah, it is. Uh, I guess Josh, what are what are some things that impress you most about App State? Not even necessarily this team, just the university as a whole, the the the, the product they put on the field every year. They're always a team where I don't think you necessarily feel comfortable, even if they're coming to your house. They don't. I mean they they have uh, you know they're a club that. Has I mean, you go all the way back to you know their home park to the type of talent they can bring. They've got dynamic wide receivers on that on yeah. that team. They are fast. Three with a hundred yards receiving already. Yeah, they have they have a lot of capability on the outside. And like you guys have already been uh, mentioning, you know, with Nate Noel and his ability as a runner. I mean, his his uh, yardage so far this year is just downright impressive yeah. 435 and four td is only on 75 carries yeah he's an impressive <laughs> back so he's one someone you're definitely going to want to control that's for sure and only a preseason second teamer yeah not for long uh i don't foresee him having a great game today um i really think they're going to focus on him in fact i know jay savell talked about it this week jay also i i mentioned uh who is this guy comparable to and i threw out the name harrison whaley and he said yep he is. He looks a lot like him. He runs like him. He's he's him. And I said, well, that's got to be good news for you. You guys see him in practice all the time. He said, no, we don't. <laughs> it's not one-on-ones in practice. So they do not get to see Whaley, but they've seen what he can do. So here's Jay Savell's thoughts on Nate Noel running back for App State. Really good. Um, he runs very, very hard. Um, runs very, very hard. He's very uh, – He's he's got really good speed to the hole. Really good burst into the hole. Really physical for not being a big, big guy. Right. Um, so this is just a really, really, really excellent running back um, that I think when you look at and go, okay, you know, where does he rank? He's right at the top of the backs of what we've played so far this year. And I think that he's excellent. I mean, this is a, this is a really good football player. He's going to be good, and he's the number one target today. He's the one, he's the number one target for App State and Wyoming. They got to shut him down. Uh, once they do, put this game in Aguilar's hands. He's a JUCO transfer. He's only six foot tall. Um, he's a guy that you like. You like the chances, I think, of uh, a Sebastian Harsh and a Braden Siders and a Devon Harris maybe having a big game. 
which they've given that up too. The Cowboys, one of the biggest trademarks of this Cowboys defense is getting after the quarterback and getting sacks. They had to give that up against Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, so you know those guys are itching to put their hand in the ground and burn around the edge. Yeah, and you don't – every defensive coordinator wants to make a team one-dimensional, make them make mistakes. I don't know if that's possible with a team like this because they are so balanced. Yeah. But Wyoming's um, front four or front three, whichever way they go with it, um, and maybe you just say front seven, need to stop that run and make Aguilar beat him through the air. Yeah, this could be one of those, like – 15 tackle days for Easton Gibbs. I mean, this could be, could be, I know they are balanced, but this could be Air Force-esque, especially if the wind, uh, famous Wyoming wind is going to be howling. Yeah, it's supposed to die down by <laughs> 3 o'clock today, folks, but we'll see. Um, but the, I was thinking that if this wasn't on a national broadcast, um, this game would be under three hours for sure. Yeah. I, I posed this question to you before we came on the air, Jared. Are, are people are Wyoming fans especially respecting this team way too much? I mean, I've seen them say this will be a bigger win than Texas Tech, and my first response is, "Are you out of your mind?" It's because it's the next game up. I suppose, <laughs> I, I suppose, but I just don't. But I think it's more important right now, for sure. Yeah, I mean, because Wyoming they got that because win. they got that win, moved to three and one. I know you don't want to look too far ahead because Craig never does, but then you have New Mexico. And then you have Fresno State, who is really good this year. I mean, just think about if, the ifs out there, 5-1 and one going to the, the academy. Yeah. Here's another if, Josh. Uh, coming into this year, I think you – I'm sure you did it. Um, I know we certainly did it. You looked at that schedule and you went 2-2. Two and two. Oh. 2 and 2 coming out of – that'll be a best-case scenario, 2-2 two and two coming out of non-conference. Now it's the worst-case scenario. <laughs> I think the, the key, the key in my mind here is, is just uh, you know this the team playing to its abilities every single day. Yeah, don't play down to your opponents because there are absolutely t- uh, games on that uh, on that schedule where you're like, okay, that's a win, that's a win. Well, New ah, Mexico is the FBS FCS version that Wyoming o- tends to always right play and, terrible against New Mexico, and and you we kind of saw a little bit of that at times sure against did. Portland State also, you know, yep. so. Hopefully that that that's just not the case. He's, they played so well against TCU. They played so well against Texas. And again, you you get rid of that fourth quarter, and I mean it's it, that that game is that game was ended in the fourth. It, it, but for three straight quarters, it was just downhard good football from from a really good squad. And if they yeah. continue to play like that, that's that's my thing. Stay in that realm. Play the way you can play. Don't play down to your opponent. Yeah. What were your expectations realistically, Jared? When you looked at the schedule the first time, I said seven, five, eight, and four. What about non-con? Oh, non-con, definitely two and two. But back of your mind, you wanted it to be three and one because Texas Tech was obtainable, even though knowing how good they they were projected. Because some people even said they're a dark horse to win the Big Twelve. Yeah, type of a deal. I still think they are. I really do. I, I plus you have Baylor and Oklahoma State that are completely down right now, so you have to go through Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. Kansas State. I, I I think Texas Tech, after losing to Oregon, was the best 0-2 team in the country. Um, I, I think Tyler Shuck's really good, and I think these wide receivers are really good, and I think they're going to figure it out and put it together. I just I think watching that game, the Oregon-Texas Tech game, that is, it just shows you how good Oregon really is. That too. and Not an easy place to go in and, and play in Lubbock, Texas. No, uh-uh. And those fans were jacked up, even though they, they were coming off a loss. Yeah, against Wyoming. Well, you can call me a liar. I I thought three and one for sure. I I had stupid faith in that Texas Tech game. 
maybe not after the first quarter, uh, but going into that one, stupid faith. And I'll be honest, I thought they were probably going to get boat raced in Austin. I really did. That team is just on a different level right now and walked out of that game so impressed. Um, you know, even after that first shot by Harrison Whaley, I went, well, there's probably the highlight of the day, you know. I'm not a negative person in general when it comes to this, but I thought there's there's their one shot. Now they just woke up Texas. Now it's gonna get now it's gonna get real. It never got real until midway through, you know, a little bit a little bit into the fourth quarter. So this team is different and coaches talked about it all year. They're mature. They went from the third youngest team in America last year to one of the oldest teams in America overnight because they didn't get hammered in the transfer portal. And that's another narrative that I really want to die. Wyoming fans are still so if you Harrison Whaley busts a 62 yard run he'll be in the transfer portal no he won't he already transferred he's not going anywhere we've got to quit with that they lost if you looked at it on its face value they lost what 17 guys to the portal not very many impactful guys in fact I think 13 of them never saw the field one time uh I watched I rewatched the Houston TCU game last night Josh Cobbs was on the field for six plays I want to say I counted he had one target and he slipped and fell Speaking of a guy that was played against Wyoming last week. Uh, didn't play against didn't Wyoming last week. Didn't play, yeah. Isaiah yeah. Nair. Yeah. And he tweeted out after the game, cool. Like, he was pissed he didn't get in that game. And I watched him on the sideline with his helmet on. He was the first one to leave the field, too, after the game. He didn't shake one hand. He was in the locker room. And you and I both said he's going to be a part of the game plan. You know that. They're yep. going to give him the ball. Didn't even get on the field. They didn't care. Nope. They didn't care. And I saw a Texas fan wrote, kind of screwed up. They didn't let Nair playing this game or give him any opportunities and he liked the comment and retweeted it and i've been waiting all week to see his suspension but i haven't seen it yet that would have happened um <laughs> where we're broadcasting from i know that yep that's a fact <laughs> that is a fact um let's uh let's touch a little bit on the mountain west games this week our uh we don't give this guy enough credit matt Ozy, our producer he's our producer from afar he works at middle tennessee uh, now, which happens to be hosting our friends from Fort Collins this week. And we woke up to a nice uh, text at 7 in the morning. Keep him buzzing. Get Cody out of bed, Matt. <laughs> uh, so he sent this parking pass situation about on campus about, you know, you can't park in certain areas. They're hosting a game, blah, blah, blah. Um, guess where CSU's alumni tailgate is located <laughs> in Middle Tennessee State? In the livestock lot. How fitting is that? Well, there will only be 10 people at that game anyway for CSU, but still. And um, it was funny what he wrote. I can't say it on the air, but it's pretty dang funny. Uh, I can, I guess I can add a little bit here. Uh, uh, so they can inhale cow and pig junk, dung, whatever you want to say, leading up to the game. So, that's pretty funny. Thanks a lot for sending that, Matt. Yeah, and thanks for all you do behind the scenes, Matt. You're a lifesaver. Uh, CSU, uh, I've been posed this question a lot, and, you know, you live down in Colorado, unfortunately, Josh. Uh, is CSU good? Did CU play down last week? What What's your takeaway from the uh, that is Rocky Mountain pillow fight? really interesting question. Um, I thought uh, CU and Coach Prime were going to just – manhandled well, I did CSU. Too. I didn't think there was ever a chance that CSU was going to be in that game. Um, I didn't think that looking at the score, I was. I thought I was dreaming that there's no way the score is what the score is. I think that the win versus loss, I think, was what was going to happen. Yeah. I, I thought CU was going to win that game. I just didn't think they were going to win the way they had to. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. CSU has... 
I I have a ton of respect for CSU. Um, you do? I'm trying Stop. to be nice, okay? So, Just because of this game or for like a long time? I know you Remember, you they never let you in the correct. booth. Stop. They never let you in the Stop. booth. All right. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think since McElwain left that uh, CSU has been a program that has been in rebuild mode for years and years and years, and they just haven't gotten where they're trying to bad hire after bad hire. How does it, it he has. still have I, his job? I, I, it's, it's hard for me to really uh, – it's hard to comment on that one. Going to that CSU game, go back to it, they are a hell of a lot better than I imagined. Yes. And, I mean, those transfers that they had last year, they're kind of gelling a little bit. They got some new guys. And they, they got a little quarterback. They got a little bit of swagger about them. Yeah, especially that secondary. Yeah, and, um, yes, if they wouldn't have had 183 yards and penalties, 17 both school records, <laughs> they probably would have won that game. Yeah. Um, but they made some plays, and I'm not going to give them credit like Josh did, <laughs> but I was pleasantly surprised about the Rams, put it that way. Um, can that swagger hold up all the way through the season? I think they lose today. I do too, and it's still a loss. You want to get yeah. down to it, they yeah. still lost in Boulder. Wyoming can hang their heads on saying, hey, they played really well for three quarters. Yeah, they still lost the game, though. Yeah. Yep, they did. You know what? I think CSU, uh, and don't tell anybody I ever said this, but I have a lot of respect for their head coach, Jay Norvell, and I think they played for him. I think they absolutely stepped up to the plate and they played for him, and, and he has command of that locker room. Well, They've been their starting quarterback going into this game and had finally scored more than 14 points offensively in a game for the first time since 2021. The crap that went on even before the game yeah. of all the smack-talking of those guys going back and forth, it just yeah, we're tight. We're talking about those two schools way too much. <laughs> you know, I love them so much. Yeah. All right, let's go down the Mountain West slate here. Uh, real quick here, uh, New Mexico and UMass has already kicked off. Uh, New Mexico all the way across the country. <laughs> Did you see Danny Gonzalez after the, they lost to New Mexico State last week? Said this team will be in a bowl game this year. So maybe if they let a four team win in, because I don't see New okay, Me- Danny. New Mexico does not have six well, wins on that. Just like schedule. CSU's quarterback saying they're gonna they're gonna win out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then we talked about CSU, Tennessee, Middle Tennessee um, kicking off same time as Wyoming, uh, Nevada at Texas State. That is a tough game for Nevada because Texas State's pretty damn They're good. They're playing good, yeah. Uh, James Madison at Utah State. Uh, tough game for the Aggies. Uh, UNLV at UTEP. Kent State on the road at Fresno State. New Mexico State all the way across the Pacific Ocean to play Hawaii. And then um, since we are recording this on a Friday, I know we we get back and forth on what we should do here. Hey, it's out there. Uh, Boise State, San Diego State. Um, and Air, For- Air Force at San Jose State on Friday evening. Aztecs find an offense, please. I don't <laughs> see it happening, but real quick predictions. Wyoming, App State, Jared, go. Wyoming close. Um, I think it's going to be a three- to five-point game. Josh? I think that the defense actually shows uh, App State a little bit more than they've seen this year, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I see something along the lines of 35-17, something like that. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think the Cowboys roll today. I hope I am wrong, and you guys are correct, because I don't like those fourth-quarter nail <laughs> <laughs> Watch Harrison Whaley go for about 180 today is what I'm seeing. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to run all over these guys. Um, 
A lot of respect out there for App State, and I'm not saying I don't, but uh, the Banjos are going to be heading back to Boone with an L is uh, what I'm seeing here in the future. But uh, this has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the Brown and Gold. The show is also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wyo Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland and Josh Hunter, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next right here on KOWB.